Hello and welcome to another session of the JMJ Missions podcast. I am your host, Dan Palmieri, along with my co-hosts, co-founders, tri-founders, however you want to call it, Rocco Tabarelli and Anthony McCullough. We're very excited to be doing this. Um, so real quick, just to let everybody know where we're coming from. You know, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, that's how we originally started our whole ministry was YouTube videos. Um, we give talks. You can go to our website if you want to book us for your church. Anthony does confirmation retreats. I do parish missions. Uh, our, we'll come to your high school. If you want to find us on TikTok, JMJ Missions. Facebook, JMJ Missions. Instagram, JMJ Missions. Thank you very much, Anthony, because I just couldn't remember what that was, what our name was on Instagram. So um, any of the above, please. Oh, and share our stuff. That helps us a lot. So thank you very much. And um, we'll pause now for the opening music before we get to our topic, which is don't be fake, something everyone can relate to. So let the music take it away. <laughs> yes, same song as always. I recently found out that the cover artwork for this song is a fried egg. And I just think really? it's really cool. Fried egg. It's, it's is it like cartoonish? I mean, I feel like it would be like, like it was made in like Adobe Illustrator or something. It's, it probably was. It's a combination of looking authentic and cartoonish. Okay. But I feel like when he had that idea, he had to tell someone like, "Look, man, like I want a fried egg on this cover," and then someone else <laughs> had to say, "Okay, you got it." <laughs> Plus, fried eggs are just amazing. Like, fried eggs, I, I could eat fried eggs all day, literally, all like all day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I could, I could do it. No cheese, right? No cheese. Can't stand no cheese. You get a fried. Uh... Fried egg on a bagel, no cheese. Absolutely no cheese. I like extra cheese. So my question for you guys today (laughs) is, what's your favorite pastime? No explanation. Just that's the question. Uh, Ah, because that's a wide, wide question. Real broad. Do you want me to narrow it down? Yeah, narrow it down. Okay. Let's say it's Saturday morning, 10.30 a.m. You got eight hours of sleep the night before. You're good to go. What are you doing? You have nothing else to do. What's the first thing you do? Coffee. <laughs> make get up, make coffee, and uh, say some say some prayers would be. But like that's you know, you're probably not looking for like the spiritual yet. This being that this is small talk. I don't know. Give me a second to think. What would you guys do? I would say coffee as well, and I'm usually on my phone watching some content creator. Coffee gets the creative juices going for me. Um, and then when I'm watching like YouTube content creators and being educated, I'm like so ready to crush the day. I'm like so inspired. So content creators. Yeah. Yep. And what's yours? I like to sit on the balcony and look at the trees. Uh, I'm really, really <laughs> sorry that I asked that. Um, totally regretting. That's I not my favorite gone. pastime. No, 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 no. You blew it. You're done. <laughs> yeah. You blew it. You're done. Sure. <laughs> No, we're gonna we, we, we okay. Anthony was wondering if we should just restart this. No, we're going. You're sitting. You made your bed. You're sleeping in. <laughs> this is our small talk conversation. It was not my best small talk it's, question. No, no it was not. This was yeah. actually your worst. It probably was. I mean, <laughs> it had to happen. All right, you know what? Okay, hobbies. They're all all good. Um, I've been getting back into go- sports. Sports. Mm-hmm. Like I've been getting back into golf recently. Uh, baseball. Obviously, we all play basketball together. I don't know if I do it on a Saturday morning. Um, but, uh, definitely sports. And if you have to pick something that's like not sports, oh man. Um, probably video games. Always fun. NHL. Um, I like, uh, like geopolitical video games. I'm a total nerd that way. Like, yeah. I don't like video games at all. 
I had a great run with them. Nice tenure, about 12 years. Totally do not play them anymore. Just wanted to add that in there. And with the sun coming. I think it's a complete waste of time. Yes, with with my sun coming any day now, I, I've had less and less time. I think I'm going to have very little time now <laughs> to do that. So it's probably a good thing, though. I would play if I had a system. I just don't have a system. So if somebody wants to buy me a system, go ahead. Buy him an Xbox One. Yep. You can get him on That's Rocket, the Easter egg. Rocket buy, League. Buy me an Xbox One. That's the Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> just take okay. it out of our account. <laughs> like Before you know it, Xbox One just gets shipped to your house. <laughs> I'd be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's subject, uh, fake people. Don't be fake. Um, it's, a real, it's a really direct subject line, right? Don't be fake. Not trying to come off like, you know like too assertive here or anything like that, but it is something that even bothered Jesus. You know what I think? I'm a, you know, I'm a high school teacher and you teach middle school. So you understand one of the things that uh, my students pick up on really fast. You realize as a high school teacher is if someone is not authentic, if someone is not being themselves, they're putting on a facade, uh, being fake can come in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you can be, you can be a hypocrite, meaning you preach one thing and do another. Um, I think more common than even that, which does happen, is when people are acting a certain way around a person or group of people specifically just because they want to be liked, and it's not their true personality. I think that's called being a chameleon. A chameleon, yes. Oh, because you're shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. Well, not shape-shifting, but you're, right. you're blending. You're changing your personality depending on who you're around, depending on what you think they want to see, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and that, and if you're really good friends with somebody or you're, they're in your family or whatever, and you notice that they do that all the time, it's going to bother you because you're like, well, which person are you? You know what I mean? Um, and so we wanted to talk about, you know, how, why, why being fake is so tempting. Why we all are tempted to do that sometimes and try to put on faces for people. Uh, why that's toxic spiritually. Uh, a couple funny stories we'll share. And um, basically uh, how we can deal with that. Because I think being fake is one of the biggest temptations you face after you've, you've had your conversion. When I say being fake, it's not like you wake up and say, I'm going to be fake today. You know, but like after you have a conversion and you've overcome a lot of your typical sins that you, you know, like, like we did before, um, that you're addicted to before your conversion, one of the things you, it's like so dangerous is to put on a facade and to be someone you're not around people because you become, become more in love with what people think of you than actually God. And it's so, it's, it's so hard to overcome because you don't even realize that you're becoming this way. That's the, it's like, it's a stealth it's, it's the devil's stealthy way of getting into your heart. Yeah, and it's like the early stages of living a double life. Sometimes that can happen to people when they experience those things. Exactly. So impure motives. And impure doesn't doesn't mean, you know, it has to be like impure sexually or anything like that. It just means that your your motivations aren't what they seem. They're, they're selfish when they seem like they're not selfish. Um, Rock, you have a story <laughs> that you want to share. I do. So when I was like, <clears throat> I would say maybe 15 or 16... Uh, I really liked this girl in high school, and uh, I had invited um, a bunch of friends down the shore. I was kind of doing this every, you know, every couple of months. I would invite my best friends down to our shore house, and this particular. Go ahead. If I can cut in, um, it was usually just us. There's a group of like what five or six of us that we we loved. It was like our peace, you know, like this was our time. It was just us, four, five, six, seven people together. Okay, just yeah. to preface that, that, that uh, w- you know, we never really include other people. We probably should have included other people. But we didn't like when people we were didn't included. Want to. We didn't want to. Yeah. Pre-conversion. So, yeah, as Dan said, it was like this small little intimate group of like the four or five of us. 
And one of the one of the guys in that group um, was friends with another guy whose boyfriend of the of the girl, the girl's boyfriend, was the girl that I liked. And the guy like kind of ruffled our feathers. Like it was like oil and water. Like we yeah. just we just didn't really get along, and that's life. So we didn't really get along with him. And I really liked this girl, and I wasn't too fond of this particular kid who was practically best friends with my best friend and our best friend. And I wanted her to tag along with us for the weekend because I, you know, maybe wanted to, uh, for her to tag along and go like on a nice, maybe, you know, get some quiet time together, go on a nice walk on the beach, sunset, take her out for ice cream or something. <laughs> so I had very evil motives, very evil intentions. Despite the fact that, despite uh... the fact that she does have a boyfriend. <laughs> So definitely ulterior motives, and um, so I invited this kid along with the intention of, because I knew that he was going to bring her along, <laughs> and I said to my friends, guys, it's the Christian thing to do, to invite him along. It's only right, but it was totally yeah, being did, fake. Didn't tell us, now like I said, pre-conversion, we should have been more open and welcome you know, welcoming to anyone that, that comes. That's one thing actually that I learned specifically after conversion is to appreciate other people and to be welcoming and to see the good in everybody. This is before then. I was an immature 16-year-old. Nobody wanted these people to come. We were really upset about this. We found out last minute that, that you had invited them and we're like freaking out like, why'd you invite them? This is our short trip. This is our like our the one like week we get together. Dan, it's the Christian thing it's to do. Christian thing you to invite do. people. Li- little, you know, Little yeah. did we know, he's just trying to get some other guy's girl by letting them both down. <laughs> and he yeah. made us feel bad about it. Oh, yeah. Totally <laughs> gaslighted us. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we all struggle with those things. Um, it happens. And you, ha- you said you have one? Yeah, I have one. It doesn't involve me. Uh, but I worked at a golf course for like 14 summers. And every now and then, I think maybe three out of the 14 summers, there was a girl outside on staff that worked with us. And whenever we had a girl outside working with us, we always would make a lot of money. Um, because like the guys would just tip the girl more than they would tip the guy, oh, and funny. like, and I understand that. Um, but so there were some members, there were some regulars that I've been carrying their clubs for you know 14 years, and they were never like super polite to me. Like I would go grab their bag for them, and I would say, "How you doing, Mister So and So?" And they're like, oh, "I'm good, thanks." And like they're just like in a really like crummy mood. And also they would never tip me. Um, and I remember the people that didn't tip me, not in like a vindictive way, but I just you just know those things, you notice them. So. I would I would carry this guy's clubs, you know, talk to him, be nice to him, and get zero dollars for it. And then the girl would do the same thing. And then when she would say hello to him, the guy would be like, "Oh, it's a beautiful day. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's nice to see." Like, and I would just like my jaw would be on the floor. I would just be like, "Dude, like you're the worst." And then and then uh, he would tip her like twenty bucks. And the joke was on him because a piece of that was mine. <laughs> so he didn't know he didn't know that, or else maybe he wouldn't have tipped her so much. <laughs> right. But it's just like it's the it was the pureness of being fake right Mm -hmm. uh and that's one thing that like you know i will say um having good spiritual senses helps you point out when somebody is not being true to you when someone has ulterior alternative whatever the term is um impure motives and they're being fake something that i just it's like the discernment of spirits once you start to really um get closer to god you really have a deep conversion you you get rid of sin you start to um, be around people that do have pure motives all the time. You, in some weird way, God sometimes just the Holy Spirit can give that gift to you, discernment of spirits, to let you know if someone's motives aren't good, to let you know if someone in your friend group 
isn't actually who they think they are to know if like they're going to cause drama when they seem they, when they, it looks like they're trying to cause good you can see through things so it's very important to make sure we're extremely humble too because what happens is if you're not spiritually where you're supposed to be what i've noticed is you may think someone's being fake and actually be completely wrong about that we you know you can totally prejudge someone oh they're fake i don't like them when really they're just a really nice person that might, might be coming around your your young adult group for example you know so having good spiritual a good spiritual sense of things and looking at things very humbly is what's going to help and be our defense against um when other people don't have uh, proper motives and also our defense against judging others and assuming that they do and maybe they don't they're actually very good people um so uh, on that note, Jesus was the king of knowing fake fake people and knowing when someone's um, motives aren't pure, and that's with the Pharisees. When uh, One of the things that Jesus comes down hardest on um, in all of his teachings. Now remember, nicest dude ever, right? Tell my students, guy was literally the nicest person literally to ever walk the face of the earth, died on a cross for us, talked nothing about, uh, talked about nothing except unconditional love, right shows it with his death resurrects i mean this guy is amazing people loved hanging out with him the most gentle meek loving person ever and yet he came down hard and i mean really hard on the pharisees who were doing things for their own selfish motives because it seems it seems that it's all already bad enough when you have impure motives but it's even worse when you're using the things of god for your own right. self right. you know you're abusing god just to just like pretending to be holy, but it's all just for you, for the money, for whatever. And he came down very hard on them, um, uh, uh, very, very um, harshly uh, to their faces. Actually, that's probably what got them killed or got him killed. Um, you ask, how could someone kill Jesus? He was literally God. So amazing. Probably because so many times to the Pharisees' faces, very courageously, I might add, he literally said, woe to you, Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes. You're clean you're not you you make it seem like you're clean on the outside but on the inside you're you're worse than dead man's tombs or whatever he said i forget the exact quote but really really harsh language why do you guys think it's so important uh for people in the church to be to be clean on the inside and humble on the outside uh, i think it's important because you know when you start to come around the church when you start to follow christ and take it seriously there's a temptation to think that you have to be perfect, that like you can't let anyone know your flaws and like a fear of being a hypocrite. And this can cause you to be fake or to try to cover things about yourself. But I, I think what's better is to just authentically be who you are. Like none of us are perfect. To an extent, we're all going to have a form of hypocrisy within us. You're right, right. Um, because like, you know, like Rocco, Dan and myself, we're sinners. Like, you know, like we sin. Um, so, but but I think like instead of just being afraid of that, I think we need to just realize that everyone has these mistakes and everyone has like these skeletons in their closet. And then because of that, when you find out what people's skeletons are, you don't take it too seriously and you just let it go. Cause I think we're afraid of our reputations and that's, I think that's where the, the fake motive comes from. It's like, it's a form of pride, I think. Right. And people, people will, you know, respect you more if you allow yourself to become more vulnerable and they could even probably relate to you um, in a very deep way that otherwise they wouldn't really be able to, you know, relate to you with. Um, so I, and I think people would appreciate that aspect of your humanity, humanity. Uh, if you just, if you're just naturally yourself and you don't try to cover it up because people know that people know when you're trying to cover stuff up or you're kind of putting on a mask, 
mm-hmm. and they don't appreciate it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's very <laughs> obvious. And if it's and if it's not obvious that you're just being fake, like you said, it's gonna turn people off. It's gonna freak people out. Um, I'm thinking of the young adult group at Axe that we would go to. We had so many, probably in the hundreds of kids. At least one uh, one time, kids come up to a meeting or come to a few meetings, and sometimes they come back, sometimes they wouldn't. And the number one problem that kids have that wouldn't come back and it wasn't true because our what they said because our, our group was actually full of a lot of great people um but the one thing the devil seems to tell people when they come around to the church first is everyone's pointing the finger at me everyone's thinks they're better than me everyone's judging me everyone's snobby here everyone's judgmental everyone's out to get me and just yell at me and then when you and sometimes that does happen because there are that people true. that are like that that, that, are, that are catholics that, that live that way but i'd say 90 percent of the time you're doing that to yourself. Like that's the devil fighting a battle within you, and what's what you think is happening is not reality. Exactly. Uh, most of the time, that's just the lens that these people are looking at. Maybe like they're just discouraged, they're insecure, and so they assume everybody is out to get them, is out to be snobby and think that they're better. Our job, though, as Christians, is to not give them any ammo, because all it takes is a smile, a nice, loose, fun smile. All it takes is a story, a funny story where you poke fun at yourself, just like Rock did earlier, and that breaks down those walls. That person that comes to this group, I mean, thank God. To, 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 like, let, we're going to go with this scenario. Young adult groups, youth groups, whatever, church groups, it, they're falling apart as it is because people don't take their faith seriously anymore. It's good enough that they're coming, and it's, and it's brave enough they actually made this step to come to this group where they might not know anybody, and they have all these assumptions about the people there. Then Rock tells that story, you know? Uh, to, to them or, or, or to the group, you know, and makes everyone laugh, puts everybody at ease. Oh, this guy, he knows he's not perfect. He just made, totally made fun of himself. And that's why I think conversion testimonies are so powerful. When you can talk about your conversion and where you came from in a funny, loose way, that really puts walls down. You know, it makes people feel comfortable. Like you can re- they can relate to you. And then all of a sudden, you're not this, this snobby, distant person who's judging him anymore. You're a good friend. And then the church teachings, when they feel that they they're a good friend of yours that they like you they want to hang out with you if they could or or um they just feel at ease all of a sudden the church teachings start to make sense i feel like it's a form of empathy and compassion too like when you're vulnerable about your flaws and what you struggle with because other people that are listening it's like they might feel for the first time in their life that they're feeling connected to you know and and like that goes that goes deep in a person's life when someone feels like they could be understood by another person. Right. Like it really affects them in a very positive way because they don't feel as isolated or alienated in their, in their own struggles. Right. And I think that's a sign of a really authentic, really holy friendship when you can be vulnerable with someone and tell them like you're the skeletons in your closet and they still love you for it anyway. They don't support it. Right. They don't say like, Hey, yeah, keep doing that really bad thing. Like that's, <laughs> right. that's not what a good friend does. But, like, once someone knows that about you and they just keep on loving you in the Christian sense, like, that's that's what Christ would want us to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think one, of, and as I said, one of the biggest temptations for me, and getting personal now, after my conversion, and it was all subconscious, like I said, this is the devil's stealthy way of getting into people's minds and hearts. Because, you know, the devil declares open war on us when he can. He'll just attack us with everything we can. And when we're all in sin, because we, we haven't been to confession, we don't care about God, he's already got us anyway. He doesn't have to be stealthy. <laughs> we're, already a, we're already a POW in his camp. You know, we're already a casualty of his. He's already got us. But I've noticed personally, once someone has this big conversion, and they get off their feet, they get out of sin, they go to confession, 
they start praying, they start becoming active at their church, devil, the devil now has to go stealth. And the way he goes stealth is to get in to try to make them, make people uh, more obsessed with what people think of them, more into the idea of looking holy than actually being holy. And I'll tell you right now, if you feel like you have to act holy, it's one of the first signs that you're not holy when someone tries okay. to act holy. Mm-hmm. Being holy has nothing to do with your idea of yourself even. St. Paul says, I don't even judge myself. He goes, I just do what I think God wants me to do, and I don't think into it, right? Um, being holy has nothing to do with the idea of yourself and how good you are to yourself. Being holy has nothing to do with what other people think of you. Being holy literally has, the only thing it has to do with is loving God, loving others, and that's through prayer and through and through total humility, looking at yourself in a third-person perspective. And I notice a lot of evangelists, a lot of people that become into their faith, myself included, get tempted with this, that all of a sudden, like for me, um, giving talks, every now and then, it, it's getting better. Uh, I don't, I never show it. I've never had any kind of episode where I had a breakdown during a talk. My talks have gone great. In fact, the nerves go away after five, 10 minutes. But the, day, the days leading up to talks, I get tempted to get nervous. There's a lot of people there. And then I realize, okay, right now, this temptation is coming from the fact that I'm a little more in love with what people are going to think of me and my face being up there rather than the message I'm preaching, which is way more important than anything that people think of me. I need to right. focus on the fact that people need to hear this. People need to hear this message. They need to hear the gospel. I need to focus on their souls, their hearts, and God's glory, and not on myself. Now, we say it, but subconsciously, that thought, that feeling of the idea of yourself looking holy can get in there very quickly when it comes to those after their conversion. That is the devil's stealth way. So if you are listening and you are already someone who is a baptized Christian or Catholic who is into your faith, who's given your life for this and you want to evangelize, please, please, please be yourself. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to talk about your conversion and try your very best to let yourself go, let your identity go into Christ so that you don't become more in love with what people think and not with um, the actual gospel itself. So what, what kind of tips do you guys have when it comes on how to deal with people? Number one, let's say, let's say you find someone that does seem a little in, with impure motives or they seem a little fake on the outside because that can be very frustrating. And all of a sudden when we get frustrated by those people, that's now we're being judgy and we're being exactly what we're upset about, right? So what, is your, what, what tips would you guys give someone um, who may have to deal with someone at their church that's like that? So dealing with someone who is fake? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. I think number one. Maybe they just irk you. you know sure. I mean? Yeah. I think number one would be patience. Because again, like maybe that's their struggle. Your struggle right. might be completely different. Maybe you don't struggle with being authentic. Maybe it's it's easy as pie for you to be who you are and not worried about what people think. But other people, that's not as easy. So if someone is being fake, rather than just kind of like hating them for it or you know shutting them down or blocking them out, like just be patient with them and and pray for them through that and understand them through that, even if they don't outwardly admit it and even if they don't open up to you in that field, just know it use your prudence and just know that that's the case and and be patient it doesn't mean you have to write them off because it it could just be a phase it could just be a season maybe just talking to them too and having a natural human conversation with them and um maybe they'll feel like they can once you start opening about certain personal things struggles or weaknesses of yours they'll say to themselves internally wow i don't really have to Put up these walls anymore with regards to this certain weakness of mine maybe it'll, it'll actually encourage them to become more vulnerable in their own way you know yeah and, and i think when that doesn't work you got to pray for them too mm-hmm. and and when and now <laughs> here's we're gonna go even deeper here sometimes we can pray for people 
and the prayers don't work because we're being snobby in the way we think of them. Like, oh God, please help this it's person true. because clearly they're fake. It's like, well, now you're now you're being the jerk because now you think you're better than them by even saying, God, they're fake. Like, we got to try to even pray with a sincere, humble, loving heart and not a self righteous heart. Go That's ahead. in the Gospels, isn't it? Isn't there someone who's like, Lord, thank you for not making me like those people? I don't, I can't think of the details. He Go said ahead. the Pharisee. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That's a great point. Jesus right. literally said, when you pray. Do not be like the Pharisee who stands there and says, God, thank you so much for not making me like these sinners here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They they sin, but I, I, I do this. I fast and I do this right. and I do that and I say my prayers. Jesus says, be like the, sen- the Roman soldier who wasn't Jewish, mm-hmm. who beats his chest and says, um, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please have mercy on me. Right. Like, wow. That's the difference between pride and humility. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To recognize that you're a sinner and to admit it. Mm-hmm. But not just admit it like, yeah, I'm a sinner like everybody else because like, that's what you're supposed to do. No, like actually admit <laughs> it. Admit it because you actually know deeply that you really are. Mm-hmm. Not just because you just say it to people because that's what Christians say. You know? My sister um, uh, told me a story at college. There was a uh, a girl um, and they were having uh, – they both like, like this. This happened, I think, multiple times actually with different people. But uh, they both like the same person or whatever. And, you know, the thing to do, and that happens all the time – is to clear the air and talk about it, but this one person wouldn't even admit that there was anything. There was clearly something horribly wrong that needed to be talked about, but this person um, was like so worried about what people were going to think and so and so scared of the idea that they wouldn't be seen as holy that they wouldn't even admit anything was wrong, and it caused a lot of problems. Um, in those kind of situations, we have to like pray for those people and do it in the most humble way possible. Because we have to realize that we've all been there. We've all been the ones worried about what people thought of us. There's not one person in this world besides Jesus and Mary that didn't worry, at least a little bit, or get tempted to worry what people thought of them, right? So knowing that we've all been there, my advice to anyone, if you're someone that irks you, someone that seems fake with impure motives or they're doing things for attention, pray for them knowing that you've been there and you can help them. How did Jesus save us? Jesus entered into all of our stuff, our, our suffering, that our sin caused and brought, he dipped down and brought us out of it. How should we pray for these people? It's tough, but you have to relate to them and pretend you're them. Realize that you've been there too. That way you can dip down into their, into the, the, the issue that might be blocking them from God, that their love for attention or whatever, and you can help them out with those prayers with deep, sincere love. It's the only way it's going to work because I've seen too many people pray in almost a self-righteous way, and that's not going to work. So what if you are the one that's fake? So we kind of talked about how to you know, deal with someone who you feel is fake? What if you're secretly the fake one? <sighs> okay. The problem is when you're secretly the fake one, most of the time people don't realize yeah, the fake one. That's why yeah. it's so stealthy. Mm-hmm. You don't, re- yeah. I mean, you don't realize, right. oh my God, it's, it took, it, honestly, it took me having to leave seminary and 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 um, have a lot of people uh, think I made the wrong decision to actually like realize like how addicted, not addicted, how much I was subconsciously, didn't even realize it, because, of course, you're never going to be a youth minister, and you never discern priesthood. You never teach or do JMJ. You don't do these things for people, and you know that. You do it for God. You don't do it for yourself. But it took me actually having to go through a lot of humbling things to actually realize, oh, man, like I really I, – I cared more about what people thought of me than I realized. You know, As soon as people don't think you're holy anymore, that's when you actually start to become holy. Weirdly enough, yeah. did anyone think Jesus was holy on the cross? actually no what they say if he's the son of god let him come down from there not that we're jesus we're sinners but like crazy right it's so i would say if you're the fake one unfortunately what's going to happen is something's going to happen in your life that's in which god if because if, god knows your heart and he loves you and he knows you're trying he's going to have to reveal to you in some way or another that you're the fake one and sometimes it's not pleasant 
But if you're humble about it and you're accepting and you're able to take a step back and look at your situation from a third person perspective, yeah, then you realize, okay, okay, I was way too into what people thought of me. Then I realize, and now I can do this for just me and God, me and him alone, and that's beautiful to him. What would you guys say? I have nothing else to add to that. That was immaculate. <laughs> yeah, I think that was good, Dan. <laughs> and that, that, it it kind of hits close to home. You know what I mean? Um, after my conversion, what happened was, you know, you're a young guy, and all of us, actually. When you're a young dude and you're into your faith, all the people at your church are like, oh, my gosh, this person's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, And, of course, you never, ever do it for attention co- consciously. You do it for the Lord, and I knew that. You always need to be humble. But I will tell you, if anyone here has ever had a situation which someone – thought that you were not a good person. Like, let's say your your li- your 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 whole life is based on wanting to do stuff for Christ. Let's say you're at that point in your spirituality and somebody doesn't think that you're a good person. Good for you. Good for you. In fact, what, what does Jesus say? Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. There is a kingdom of heaven. And now that's for perfect people, but even imperfect people, it's going to purify you of your impure motives. When, when, when you have to make a decision to to evangelize specifically just for him, to live a life for, for him and him alone because he thinks uh, because he wants you to do what you're doing. And regardless of what people think, that is when you actually start to, to reach the true heights. Um, Padre Pio, perfect example. Um, there was a period for a few years in which people thought he was a fraud. The, uh, the archbishop in charge actually um, revoked his ability to say mass in public for Three years, I believe. I think it was nine years. Oh, nine years. So he yeah. couldn't hear confessions for three years. Mm-hmm. Mass in public for nine. That's probably mm-hmm. what it is, right? And he never said one bad thing about the bishop. Now, when a bishop says this about you, thousands of people are going to believe the bishop that, wow, Padre Pio is a fake. He's a fraud. No evidence. The bishop was just jealous, it turned out. Later on, of course, Padre Pio was totally cleared, and that bishop actually went to prison for different things. So it, the truth will always come out. But, um, yeah, his reaction said not one bad thing, just said God's will be done. That's true humility. And actually God rewarded that humility because it was unjust of that bishop to kind of treat him that way. Um, but because I think because Padre Pio didn't complain about this or gossip about this decision, that's when he was given the gift of bilocation. Like, that's when really? he went. That's when his bilocation really took off because he mm-hmm. was confined to the monastery because of this, because he was being obedient to the bishop. Obviously God wanted him to be obedient to the bishop, even if the bishop was flawed. So wow. during that time, is when his gifts and talents weren't wasted. In fact, he probably got more, and that's when he bilocated, when he wasn't allowed to physically leave the monastery. I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how God always provides, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's confined to a monastery, so he's going to give him more gifts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. I know. and that goes back to trust. Like, I just read something in... Um, I'm praying a novena right now on surrender, and the little paragraph of the novena said, we need to have the same type of surrender... surrender that a child has when they fall asleep in their mother's arms. So like just think of being like maybe two years old and like you're just your mom's carrying you and you just fall asleep. Like you don't know where you're about to be taken. Like they can take you to the edge of a cliff and throw you off, which they're not right. gonna do. But wow. it's like you just fall asleep in total trust. And where do you wake up? Most probably like in a warm, safe bed. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like we need to be like that spiritually. And like that's what Padre Pio did. He just was closed his eyes and was taken wherever he was supposed to go, both in by location and by trusting blindly in the monastery. Right. It's so funny that so many saints, just like Padre Pio, had to go through that purification of at some point or maybe multiple points, people thought they weren't holy. There was rumors spread, you know, and they had to literally say, all right, you know what? They, they knew their consciences were clear, but they had to say, you know what? There, there's, I'm, I have to do this for God and God alone. Uh, John Paul II said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but 
we all were born in a diaper and mm-hmm. we die in a diaper mm-hmm. in the end. It's just you and God. In the very end, I mean, we have people that are close to us, of course, our families and our, our loved ones that we live our lives for, live our vocations for. But in the very end, it's just you and God. And any situation in life, anything you have to go through that purifies you enough for you to realize that, in the end, it's just you and God. And you can be okay with that. Not bitter, not lonely, not insecure about it, not worried about people. Oh, my gosh, if only I could just get my vindication. If only people knew the tr- the whole story. No, no, no. Just you and God. If you can do things and feel secure in that, you are progressing very rapidly in the spiritual life. And guess what? Then you'll be able to be vulnerable. Then you feel good. You feel loved. You know God's got you. And so then you can be yourself. And when you're yourself, your true, fun, happy self, prayerful self, that's true holiness. And that is what attracts people. That is the holiness that the saints had. I feel like a lot of people um, need to be reminded of in the end that it's just them and God. Because, like, did you ever, like, notice that or hear stories or even see it with your own eyes or on social media or whatever when someone does, an, uh, like, an act of, um, like, kindness or charity for someone, they feel the need to, like, post all about it? Yes. So, sorry for the interruption. There's weed <laughs> whacking, weed whacking going, going on outside. I thought it was, like, a noise of a different sort. I thought someone was having, like, a little problem with, like, with gas or something. Some gastrointestinal but, issues. But, but no, it's, no. it's a weed whacker. It's weed whacking. Yeah. Rocco is not, like, ripping one right now. <laughs> <laughs> but if he did, it would be for his own humility. Yeah, exactly. And so it, he doesn't it, worry about people thinking. And of it him. wouldn't be fake because we would know. Like, we would smell it. Exactly. <laughs> it would not be fake at all. So that would be a humbling thing for Rock. But yeah. in this case... But did you ever did you ever <laughs> see someone post on social media like an act of kindness they did? Yes. Oh yes. yeah. This is a big problem. It's a it huge problem. Yeah. Talk about being uh-huh. fake. I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's probably the only reward they'll ever get, as Jesus said. But right. in the end, they those are the kinds of people that have to be reminded that it's just them and God in right. the end, because it's, only God needs to know about yeah. that. Right. Facebook no. friends don't need to know about right. that. Yeah. No. It's, it's <laughs> rock. This reminds me of a couple. Well, one, this is in scripture. It says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yeah. So, like, we're not supposed to, if we do something nice, we're not supposed to tell people. But early in my conversion, maybe, like, six, seven months into my conversion, it was Ash Wednesday. And there was um, a person uh, who I used to be close to that posted that. At this point, I was no longer close to. It was it was an ex-girlfriend. Anyway, posted <laughs> a status and said, wow, I really wish that Catholics would go out and do something meaningful instead of getting dirt on their heads today. And then... It like it really just like set me off, and I had this paragraph typed out of like I was like, just for your information, yeah. Just last weekend, I went to Philadelphia and passed out sandwiches <laughs> to the homeless people, and like because I didn't know anything about anything of my spirituality, like I thought this was the righteous thing to do. Right. But luckily, God gifted me with some prudence, and I texted uh, our friend Ryan, Ryan who lives in Venezuela, and I was like, Ryan, like should I say this? And he and he responded. He said, No. <laughs> so he, said, he said he said absolutely not. No. And then I was like, okay, and I and I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> it's such a it's such a temptation to like just want to let even one person know like something good you did, I know. like yeah. for the day, mm-hmm. and, that, and it's such a hard thing to it, overcome. It goes back to pride again, which I yeah, think is right. the ultimate root of being fake. Absolutely, hundred percent pride. It's mm-hmm. pride, and 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 it goes back to well, caused by pride, insecurities. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, what did Adam and Eve do? What did, what caused them to sin in the garden? It was pride pride thinking you know better than god thinking you 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 want things for yourself that caused them to sin and what was the result insecurity all of a sudden they realize they're naked all of a sudden they feel ashamed so when you when you don't have the relationship with god that you should you're not getting your love and your security from him 
it makes you feel empty and then you need approval from other people. You need to keep seeking it. Hate to say it, but because uh, we've all been there, I'm you know I I struggle with myself. But oh my, almost every post I see celebrities make, like they just jump on. We forget they're making their living based on what people think of them, right? That's how they get booked for things. And so, like, unfortunately, it's this it's created a culture in which everyone hops on whatever bandwagon is happening, whatever social media thing is going on, and um, there's almost never any real evidence that they actually did anything about it. It's just, they just hop on, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm for that. And like whatever cause they want to jump on, they jump on it and it's not sincere because they never actually don't actually care. It shows it, it comes out always that they haven't done a thing or if they did do a thing, they publicized it. So like mm-hmm. acts of true goodness, humble acts of true kindness for other people are far and few in between, but that's, those are the things that we need to do and we should not be parading, parading it around the people. You know, um, if people, uh, the saints would go so far, St. Gemma, would go so far as if she got blamed for something she wouldn't do, she would just take the blame for it. <laughs> if she yeah, got accused yeah. of something that she didn't do, she would just she would she wouldn't even defend herself. She'd be like, "Yeah, I'm really sorry." <laughs> like even if she, even if she, even if she didn't do it, like she knew she didn't do it, and then she would just go back home and just pray for the person. And guess what? It always got worked out. <laughs> That's, That's a great point. What would someone? Uh, what would you say to someone who would ask you? Well. You also have to have a backbone, or who would say to you? You also have to have a backbone in this, yeah, in this mean, life. <laughs> you got you got to be able to stand up for yourself. But you know, there's just that's this. I think that's a case by case situation for the Holy Spirit. You know, because if 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 taking on guilt for something really serious that someone accused you of um, is going to actually cause you some serious huge problems, um, I know the saints did it, and that's probably the model we should go for. But I believe I don't know if they did it every single time. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the Holy Spirit needs to guide you. Okay. Should I just take the take this one on the chin and offer it up to Christ as an incredible sacrifice for somebody's soul here, like a super prayer, you know? Or is this a situation in which I need to calmly, lovingly, firmly speak the truth? Um, yeah, so. because in doing that, like, you can you could actually be helping them too more than hurting them. You right, know? right. My first so. instinct is that in, this sounds so counterintuitive and counter, not intellectual at all, but God is different and god thinks differently in some weird way i believe what the saints would tell you is that by taking on responsibility for something they know they didn't do, do by offering it up for the person accusing them would probably cause their conversion because mm-hmm. god is so touched by that that would probably literally single-handedly that offering of taking on this embarrassment and then yeah. giving it to and god he would probably it would probably call, but it. honestly yeah. that is at a level that most people are not at yeah you know point zero 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 one percent of people are actually at that level of trust so i will tell everybody listening in the meantime there is absolutely nothing wrong with you um calmly <laughs> defending yourself if you're accused of something so uh i don't want to intimidate yeah. anybody listening you know if you can get to the level of saint Gemma, good for you please that's what our, that's our goal is but in the meantime no <laughs> you can defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right anything last words you guys want to say this has been a really good one. I think a, a topic that a lot of people can relate to. We've all dealt with fake people, with people with uh, false intentions, people with selfish motives. Um, but then again, we've all been there as well. We've all had our own selfish motives without even realizing it because that's the devil's stealthy way of getting in. So what we have to do is always, as Jesus says, look at the beam in our own eye, try to fix our own sins first before other people. And then if you notice someone that irks you because they seem a little fake, pray, but pray genuinely and humbly for them with no self-righteousness on the inside as you do as you do so, knowing that you've been there yourself. Those are the two answers. And I think, as always, Maria Speranza said, humility is the crystal bridge to heaven. So the virtue of humility here is huge in um, making our souls really pleasing to God in that, in that sense of not being fake. So, all right, well, 
uh, close with a prayer? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to say it? In? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, I would just like to pray for whoever is listening to this podcast. Lord, I just ask that you open up their heart and let them know, let them feel that they are completely loved by you. That whatever issue they're going through, whatever's on their mind, that that it will be solved, it will be resolved, and that you're going to bring to them exactly what they need to get them through anything. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Father Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless.